A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Boy, if you're a Wisconsin farmer, how many conversations have you had about herbicide-resistant water hemp, Palmer amaranth, giant ragweed, and what about herbicide supplies this year? You're going to get your questions answered at this year's Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo, February 3rd and 4th at the Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. This update brought to you courtesy of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board, which is one of the partners putting that program together. And I'm happy to say that one of the participants is Dr. Rodrigo Worley, our University Extension Weed Specialist. Boyd Rodrigo, there are a ton of questions in your area that farmers are going to be expecting answers to, not the least of which are alternatives to some of those herbicides we're just flat out not going to get our hands on. Yeah, you're right on, Pam. So I look forward to being at the Kalahari, uh, Wisconsin Dallas on the 3rd and 4th, and talk to our growers and, and our agronomists out there. Uh, we're going to be doing my presentations. I'm going to be talking about the herbicide resistance status uh, across Wisconsin. Uh, you hit the nail there, water hemp, palmer emerald, giant ragweed, horseweed. But there are some other weeds that are also evolving resistance that we're going to be talking a little bit uh, about. Uh, I then want to talk about some of the herbicide drip management projects that we've been working on. We have some exciting results uh, to share with our stakeholders. I'm then going to talk about integrating cover crops with pre-emergent herbicides, you know, cover crops. It's a hot topic now for our growers. There's a lot of interest out there, so some really neat things we're learning from our plots that we want to share with folks. Uh, and then lastly, uh, I'm going to be talking about the current herbicide shortages uh, and high prices, uh, how to navigate that, and how to plan for your weed control season in 2022 and beyond. So I'm truly looking forward to being there. Lots to cover in a short period of time, but, but I think it's going to be a, a great opportunity to catch up with, with, with the, fo- the farmers out there, Pam. Go back and talk to me a little bit, Rodrigo, about last year. I mean, one thing people need to realize, especially non-farm listeners, Rodrigo and all the university extension staff have stayed busy in farm fields, continuing their research despite the pandemic. What were your observations last year, Rodrigo, as far as uh, the herbicide resistance? Like I said, I battle water hemp. I I haven't seen palmer amaranth on my farm yet, but I know it's coming. Tell me a little bit more about what your field observations were like last year. Is it just getting worse? And what about the percentage of fields impacted in the state? What are you going to share there? Yeah, no, so that's, that's, those are great questions, uh, Pam. So we, you know, the water hemp problem, it continues to increase. It continues uh, to spread uh, from field to field. I think our farmers are now getting a better handle uh, on how to manage it, which is good news. Uh, they're using some new technologies, but as we continue to use herbicides or as we continue to rely on herbicides, you know, more and more of these weeds continue to evolve resistance. Uh, so what we're doing now, we're paying close attention to how these populations are responding to the new herbicides we're using in soybeans, such as glufosinate, uh, dicamba, and 2,4-D. So we're paying close attention to that. And then on the other thing is the palmer amaranth that you just uh, mentioned. This past year, we detected four or five new infestations. Uh, and it used to be that most infestations that we were detecting were in the southern part of the state. Uh, but this past year, we detected uh, an infestation of Palmer Amaranth in the northwest part of Wisconsin, okay, around the, the Chippewa Falls area there. So this, this weed is moving. It's a weed that we got to uh, keep a close eye on because once it comes here to Wisconsin, it's coming from location where 
uh, you know, it's resistant already. So we're bringing this weed in with a lot of herbicide-resistant traits, which is what we don't want. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Dr. Rodrigo Worley along with us, University Extension Weed Specialist and one of the speakers that you can look forward to in breakout sessions during the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo, Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Please get registered today. You know, because of the protocol that many of our social gatherings have in place, they'd like to have a head count before you show up. Go to cornsoyexpo.org and get registered today. cornsoyexpo.org, that's February 3rd and 4th. You know, the other hot topic that I'm, I can't wait to hear from you on is the situation with herbicide supplies, Rodrigo. A lot of our folks that are going to plan on attending Corn Soy Expo are just now beginning to realize you can put the money down, but you may not necessarily get the product you're wanting. What are you hearing from industry leaders on that? Yeah, no, you're spot on, uh, Pam. You know, the, the prices are much higher compared to past, you know, previous years. Uh, and the fact that you purchase doesn't mean you're going to get it. So there's a lot of concern on that. So the, re- the main recommendation for growers is to start, start talking, uh, you know, with industry, trying to purchase and secure those products uh, as soon as possible, but also start developing alternative plans, right? So glyphosate is high commodity right now. Uh, glyphosate is a key herbicide in our corn soybean production systems across Wisconsin and beyond. So if you don't have as much access to glyphosate, what is the plan B? Okay, what's the plan C and plan D for controlling the grasses out there, for controlling the velvet leaf? Because I know we have a lot of glyphosate-resistant weeds out there, but glyphosate is still a very, very important herbicide in our cropping system. So the shortages are real. Uh, I hope folks are already taking action, already placing their orders and securing their uh, products, and if they aren't, uh, it's better. You know, we we really hope they they start doing that uh, soon rather than later. Right, right. You know, Rodrigo, are you seeing any advancing technology outside of the jug that are going to help us control these weed situations? I mean, I'm seeing all all about different plant monitors, different sensors that we could put on a plant in a field to really help us uh, fine tune and narrow in on our on our weed management. Are you seeing any of that? Are you investigating any of that for Wisconsin farmers yet? Oh, that's a fantastic question, Pam. So I think the one of the uh, non-chemical strategies you asked that's gaining a lot of popularity is this high biomass cover crop system. Okay, so bringing high residue cover crops, especially in your soybeans cropping systems, really, really help uh, with suppressing weeds. We're doing some work that's being funded by the Wisconsin by the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board, and that has shown some really promising results that I'm going to be uh, discussing. But then in regards to technology, artificial intelligence, there are some smart sprayers that are soon going to become available to our producers. And what some of the smart sprayers can do, they can detect where the weeds are, okay? So that way we can optimize and we can optimize some of our chemical applications only where those weeds are within the fields. And we're going to start to do some work on that uh, next year, which, and we're really, really excited about that. You know, one thing about Corn Soy Expo, again, Dr. Rodrigo Worley, along with us, our University Extension Weed Specialist. You know, one thing about being at Corn Soy Expo, Rodrigo, that we missed last year because they uh, postponed it is just that face-to-face interaction. I, I see when when farmers get you cornered in a room and they have all kinds of specific questions for you. I mean, that not only inspires them, but I'm sure it inspires you guys as researchers when you've got that face-to-face contact with the growers you serve. Oh, you hit the nail there, Pam. So, you know, we were able to navigate uh, through Zoom. I mean, we were able to get some of the information out. But once, you know, once you do it through Zoom, you don't get that feedback, right? 
So we just got back to some large in-person events. You give a talk, you get a sense of what the crowd is thinking uh, about what you're saying there. Uh, and then at the end, that's the, usually the best part, usually at the Q&As the or at the end after I'm done with the talk, when the people will come, the, the growers, the agronomists will come back and say, look, I mean, I, I'm doing this, I'm agreeing with you here, I don't agree with you there. That is the best part. And then they ask me excellent questions that lead to research questions to the next year. And that's the one thing we truly, truly miss, you know, during this whole uh, time here, not being able to get in person. Yeah. Well, and, and you, like you said, they share with you what they're already doing. And sometimes I'm imagining that surprises you guys uh, that, uh, you know, you're, you can't visit every farm. You can't know what every system's looking like. But if they can stick around and share, that really does help you guys get some direction. It is amazing. And our farmers are so, so creative, Pam. They're really thinking outside of the box there. And sometimes, you know, we get the idea from them and we do and we validate or a question that comes from them. And it's interesting because last year, I'm just sharing an example here. One of the farmers that we work closely with, we do a lot of our water hemp work uh, at the O'Brien Farms there, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where we have our few days. We focus primarily on water hemp control and soybeans. They grow seed corn, right? Mm-hmm. So they cannot use glyphosate post-emergence. So last year, they asked us, hey, can you run a trial looking at conventional programs for corn without glyphosate in an area that's ester- you know, where estrogen cannot be used. So we ran that trial. Guess what? Now glyphosate is hot commodity. We may not have access to it. That trial comes in right. really, really handy. So yeah. it's a tremendous opportunity working with growers, addressing their questions, and help you know, the entire state here now yeah. with one question that we got last year from one trial. Yeah. Very good point. Very good point. Again, an excellent example on why you need to be a part of the conversation at the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo. Dr. Rodrigo Worley, University Extension Weed Specialist, one of the people that will be there. It's February 3rd and 4th, Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dallas. But again, I encourage you, register in advance so that they can manage the meals, can manage the room size. That's cornsoyexpo.org. Cornsoyexpo.org. This uh, conversation with Dr. Rodrigo Worley, our University Extension Weed Specialist, brought to you courtesy of the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board.